Anne. I'm Missy. Welcome to Book Booze Friends. We're two chicks drink booze and talk book boyfriends. Welcome back to another episode of Book Booze Friends. We are super excited, as always. Hi, guys. This episode. Um, and just a reminder, I mean, it says it in the title, we talked about it last time, but we are discussing Void by Coralie June and Raven Kennedy. Um, so before we get into the tasting notes and talking about the book itself, I do want to reiterate, just in case you have not read this book and you're thinking about it, it is a reverse harem. And a reverse harem pretty much is defined by a single woman or girl, female, whatever, um, and three or more males. That's like the, the official definition. Most reverse harems, though, usually have four or five, I think. Yeah. Um, I think I've only read one or two reverse harems that have like three. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's three or more. Four and five is the norm, and in this book, it's four. Um, so, yeah, there we go. So, remember that. I hope you enjoyed it if you've never yes. read one before. Right. Um, and so, before we move on to a more specific discussion about the book itself, Missy's going to give us our lovely tasting notes. Woohoo! So, in today's book, um, it is a paranormal. So, it actually mentions in the book that supernaturals cannot get drunk. So, why so they don't really drink. Um, it does have shapeshifters. It has elementals. It has um, necromancers. And it has vampires. So, because of all that, the drinks that are actually found in the book are champagne, blood, and water. So simple and straightforward. Exactly. Guys. So today's drink, we are actually drinking um, Jules Munn champagne. It is a German sect. Mm-hmm. It basically is a semi-dry, fruity, fresh, sparkling wine. Very fruit tasting with tingling sensations on the tongue, Mm -hmm. apricots. You would use it as a hen party. Mm -hmm. It's actually very easy to drink. Very smooth. Very Very yummy. This is my first time trying this. So very exciting. Um, So there you go. That's what we're drinking today while we're discussing Void. We hope you join us in drinking it. Even if it's not Jules Mom, I don't think I've ever seen it in the United States, for example. Right. Um, just honestly, any champagne, Secco, Prosecco, Sect, they're all Cava. Yeah. Pretty much the exact same thing. The only thing you have to remember is if it's called champagne, if it's from the champagne region. F-Fonks. If it is not from the champagne region, that's when you see the Prosecco, the yeah. Cava, and all that yeah. stuff. So, but they're all literally sparkling wine. Yes. Same thing. Yeah. It's just different flavor notes and all that exactly. stuff. Exactly. So, but yeah, so let's get into Samaria and tell us about the premise of the book so that way we can di- dive into the guys. Hurry <sighs> it's, it's like, Let's dive into the guys. Don't rush me. I know. Um, so pretty much, I can't even remember the main character's name right now. What the heck? Like Devika. It, like it literally just like, woo, right out of my head. Debbie. Devi- yeah, Debbie. Debbie Canson, um, she's 18 years old. And, and she she's is, a paranormal. Yeah. Um, but she's not your normal brand of paranormal. She's, she's the a, scary paranormal yeah, so that everyone like, in their world hides from. Yeah, so it's like she's the big bad, essentially. Everybody's like, oh my God. So it's called Void because, I mean, essentially that's what her power is. Um, it's what she represents, a void. Yeah. Um, and she's seen essentially as the big, big bad when someone with her powers exists. Her world can 
like legitimately freaks up like you know she's an abomination a monster she's shunned which we see throughout the entire book and i'm trying to remember exactly the beginning because she does something by accident if i'm not mistaken this is like where i'm like come on yeah there we go so basically what happens is the void takes away people's supernatural powers Mm -hmm. and so she is a product of an elemental and a her mom's an elemental and her dad's a demon Mm -hmm. and so she comes out as a void and so when she finds so she's at home with her mom and she's like 10 or 12 and And her her powers powers come into being and they didn't realize at that point exactly and she accidentally took her mom's elemental power from her yeah that's why I was like, something yeah. happened. I can't remember exactly why I can't, like. There well, you go. I got you um, back. And so, I got beginning of the story, we see. She's name? at an all-girls school. Yeah, so she's at an all-girls school, and I got to scroll down to find the name. It's Render. Um, Render yes. is. The vampire. Yeah, but he doesn't, he goes and picks her up. Yeah, that's so I was like, so yeah. picks her up, and she gets taken to the magical school, essentially, that he's at. I can't she gets the, taken to the council to take somebody's power away. Look. <laughs> I'm like struggle busting today. So she's almost cut off people. Not really. Just but, kidding. You know, whatever. Just um, kidding. But yeah, so they view her as an abomination, but only insofar as if she's not doing what they want, which is stripping someone of their powers as a punishment, then they don't really care about her. Like exactly. she's whatever. Exactly. Um, and so she gets sentenced. Not really, but like she gets sent to the school. And I can't remember why she gets. Oh, sent to the I school. I remember. <laughs> like, like I got all these pieces, and like I can't remember the reason why. So basically, um, something happens in the supernatural world where a like I said before, there's elementals, necromancers, um, vampires, and shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. And so one of the vampires in the vampire um, community goes feral. And starts having bloodlust and starts killing people. And then, so they hold a council meeting and she goes in and they want her to strip this female vampire of her powers as her punishment to try and help control the bloodlust. And so while she's doing that, unbeknownst to everyone, the vampire was dating a shapeshifter. And he comes in to save her. Oh, yeah. I remember this And now. so between the shapeshifter, um, the the void, and the blood, the vampire, she ends up switching switching the powers. So now the vampire is now a shapeshifter, the and the shapeshifter is now, now a vampire. And it creates a huge issue. And it creates an issue to where the council's like, like, what the oh, fuck? No, she can do this. Oh my gosh! So if she can take somebody's powers and if she can switch powers, that means she can give people powers, right? And so they take her from her all-girls school that they basically just dumped her at, right? And then they take her into the supernatural academy Mm -hmm. where she knows of the four top students, and they call them the paragons. And each superpower. Has its own has paragon. its own paragon. And so just to cover that, Render is the vampire. Yes. Um, Quade. Is the elemental. Okay, I was like, that one is not specified. So he's yeah. elemental. And then Grit is the shifter. 
and Hyde is the necromancer. Yes. Um, and they're all 18. Yeah, all 18. All 18. So, which I always think is important when you're reading like romance because there's <laughs> always that really weird. Am I disgusting because I'm fantasizing over exactly. this person? Um, okay, so she goes, and of course, because she's a void, she's treated like shit. Um, yeah. Because they don't understand her power. And that's, I think, the really cool part about this book. Like, we start the book going, oh my God, she's so mistreated. We don't understand it. And, like, as she kind of goes through and starts understanding more about her power, right? Um, we start to understand at the same time. And so do the people that she's with. Because, I mean, obviously, we already know she ends up with the four guys at the end. Um, but it's a really interesting journey because we have a teacher that comes in and he's essentially the bad guy, but we don't see that initially. No. Um, she's isolated and we start to learn more about her powers. Like we discover it's really not all that bad. The only reason it's bad is because it's essentially starved. Correct. Um, and once she realizes that and understands that you can quote unquote feed off of people's powers yes in a safe way so that it's no longer starved it doesn't run the issue of getting out of control and that's where all the issues with voids in the history of this world yeah. has come from yeah they're starved for the power that they need to survive and essentially she's starving a part of herself without even realizing exactly it. and then not only that but near the end of the book you, she actually goes with um, Hyde's help mm-hmm. to find a prior void. Yep. And she goes and asks her for information because she's the only one in their whole entire community that's a void. So the only other ones are dead. And this particular person actually tells her, and he's like, no, you are the balance of our whole community. Which is something like, that's been hidden. Exactly. It's because like- every time a void was born before... Debbie, they mm-hmm. killed them. So this is one of my main points. I've made this in my notes, actually. You, you dislike what you don't understand. Yep. Or you're scared of what you don't understand. And I think that's especially apparent here. Right. Because people don't understand voids because they don't study them because they're frightened of them. And so they'd rather live in that fear right. of what's going to happen instead of actually taking it upon themselves to understand what the power is and not just that it takes it away it's like the whole she switches their powers by accident oh you mean give them right and not just take them right and so it's like you know if you just take the time to fucking study it it'd be fine whatever yeah. soapbox <laughs> we're gonna move on from this yes and we're gonna see what comes up in the next part of our discussion okay what? so <laughs> we were just discussing really quick i Stop recording and started it back. Uh, what are we talking about? No we doubt. Don't know. Like, um, I no clue. But okay, so we've kind of given you the background, and I guess we'll just kind of do a, a brief discussion about Debbie, her guys, and kind of how it relates in some ways to other reverse harems. Um, so one main thread I think we see in reverse harems over and over again is bully. Um, and I think that's kind of because it it's a really good setup for. Redemption. Redemption and then coming together and seeing how they come back from that. I will say that the bullying in this book, though, is not like untouchable, where it's very serious. Um, it's more an across the board because of what she is. Yeah. And as soon as they get a better understanding, they start to ease off. I mean, it does take some of them a, a little while. Yeah. But they start to kind of realize that 
the only reason I'm treating you this way, the only reason I'm acting this way is because of what I've been force fed by my elders, essentially. Um, and like that realization kind of comes yeah. about. So it's like, it is a bully, but not like. And typical bully. Yes. Type this is very. Right. Like I, I think we talked about this with Untouchable. Like, I hate to use the phrase, but like, bully light. Yeah. So, like, for instance, you find out in the book, Quaid, which is one of the guys she ends up with, her and Quaid grew up together. They mm-hmm. were best friends. And then once she, once everyone found out she was a void and she was taken away shunned from her. the community, he shunned her along with everyone else in their because world. Because that was what was expected and understood. Exactly. And so she harbors a lot of resentment. Oh, most definitely. Which and I rightly totally so. understand. Rightly so. And then here he's conflicted. Mm-hmm. because he doesn't really well well i mean in reverse harems whether it's full-on bully which we can talk about later with other books that we're definitely going to talk mm-hmm. to you about but even in this instance he's drawn to her just like the other three guys were drawn to her but they're trying to fight it the whole time because of what they've been it's the taught. expectations of exactly. the society you know, I think, I mean, in general, when you get reverse harem, especially contemporary reverse harem, where, like, you know, they bring in the polyamory aspect, which is not very accepted in most Western society, Correct. I'd say. Um, that's always kind of a theme of, well, is this going to be accepted? And that's kind of what it is here, even though it is paranormal. And in paranormal, you see a lot of the, oh, you have multiple mates or whatever. Um, but you, like, that struggle kind of i think it's kind of nice to see actually because there's nothing worse than like you get this build up and then suddenly because it's okay or accepted like it's okay and accepted and you just don't get to see that inner struggle like with quaid of well this is what i've been taught right and this is what i understand but he really struggles to like make the two sides meet well and then another thing is is because like when you meet render the vampire paragon, he's very controlled, very rigid, very Put together. This is what it is. And so something happens. He tastes her blood because of a scratch. Mm-hmm. Then he starts getting drawn into he her. He starts to crave her. But he starts resisting it no matter what. And then Quaid, when they start talking, <laughs> you know, they're she's, drawn together again. They are drawn together. And then you meet Hyde, who, from the very first moment after he meets her and sees her, he's all in. You must say he's like, hell yeah, let's he's go. He's all in. And then you see Grit, the shapeshifter, who is so furious because the shapeshifter she actually turned into a vampire by accident was his brother. Mm-hmm. And so he has hatred towards her. He has her. his own hangups because of what exactly. actually happened to someone that he knows. It's not that he said, she said, I've heard about this happening. Exactly. He has firsthand, like, this is what you did, and it's completely changed our dynamics. Exactly. And so, you know, it's like stuff like that that's happening to where he's like, It makes it know. more real, I think. Exactly. I mean, like, we read to escape, obviously. But I think seeing, like, these inner battles and outward battles even where you know they're really struggling to make something make sense or fit or whatever and it's not just a 
oh, you've just forgotten everything you've been taught and suddenly it's just a-okay and you don't give a shit. Like, I like to see that little bit of a struggle because it makes it more authentic. Well, I mean, I know Reverse Harem is a subgenre that has exploded mm, lately. Yes, there's so many. It's exploded. So many to choose from. Because everyone's like, oh, it's so taboo. You know, but this, now it's not really that taboo. No, it's not. I it's more mainstream now, mm-hmm. but it still has that that element of exactly. Oh, you have multiple parts. Exactly. I mean, I think like in most people fantasize. Oh my god, if I could take pieces of this person and this person and this person and this put person, them together, I'd have the perfect person. Or exactly. The perfect boyfriend. And I think our verse harem you're, actually you're gives getting you that, that because you get someone that has the different dynamic. Exactly. Um, which actually kind of ties into something that I'm like when I was kind of giving the description of you know reverse here what's the expectation like that's kind of one thing that I said where it's like in most romance not just contemporary just most romance it's one woman one man and you know what you see is what you get but with reverse here it allows you to explore a lot of different things so you have one person that's maybe like super alpha in your face take charge and then you get hesitate to say beta but we're going to use that word the more beta personality where it's like okay not as take charge because more with the flow is there more to support right and then you would even maybe get like an omega type personality right. like the nurturer right um there's a book i literally just immediately thought of that i'm going to mention i don't know how many people have read a book it's called lola and the late night howard howard not lola i don't know that one mm. layla no baby in the late night howard so uh, there we go lola and her but it's a standalone like reverse harem as well and that's really what you see in that dynamic and so maybe that's another book we'll explore later see and not only that though but most people in pop culture Mm -hmm. everyone knows big love yep and it was on for five seasons and it was a polyamorous relationship between the typical one guy three women which is harem and which, exactly, which is a harem, which is what everybody assumes. assumes and knows and thinks of. And so now it's really cool. And that's why it's called reverse harem, because it's the same idea, but it's... With the women reversed. in charge. In, I mean, the women with multiple partners yeah. instead of the typical. And so to me, I think it's really cool it's that this is coming out, you know, and it's like, dang, everyone would like that. At some point in their life, you know, it was, it's like that whole, oh, back in college, I did this, I did that, I had threesomes, I had blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? It's allowing you the opportunity in a way to kind of explore things that maybe in real life, like I have no desire to have a threesome. Exactly. But But reading about it's really an interesting dynamic, I think, especially in reverse harem, because so here we go about expectations with reverse harem. Expectations in reverse harem are, for the most part, sex happens in one of two ways. Right. Um, either so group sex yeah, so or like, single sex with partner. So, yeah. So it's like, and it's it's very divided. You see some where they do both. You see some where they do either or. Um, and it's really hard to say which I prefer. I think I like one that's kind of a nice mixture where you get the group aspect because the group relationship is just as important as the single and one-on-one relationships are with the woman and one of her men. 
Um, but it's really nice to see the dynamic between both because, you know, the one-on-one -on -one time, of course, just like any regular relationship, that's important to build right. trust and understanding right. and all that stuff. Right. But it's the same thing with the group aspect because you want to see the trust between the woman and all of her men, but also the men together because it's not just the men in the relationship with the woman. It's the men in a relationship with each other. Like relationship in quotation marks, yeah. but like a friendship relationship right. because they have to be able to work together. And understand that, you know, sometimes yeah. she needs this particular person or he exactly. needs her or whatever. Exactly. Like, you have to be willing to work yeah. with yourself. And, and it, like you're saying, it's not always a sexual relationship between the men. Although you do see that. like you, when, Most when definitely, you can't see it because Void does not. Void does not have any between male men. guys. Yeah. Like, if you go to, say, groupie. No, say, that was exactly the one I was thinking. Groupie, it's not a heavy one but you do see it throughout several of the books yeah, where it is two of the men are coming together and exactly and she's a part of it yes exactly you know what i mean and that's cool too but like in this one you know what they what makes this amazing is that most throughout most of the book it's one-on-one -on -one between her and each of the guys you really get to see that relationship for build that one-on-one -on -one yeah. build because yeah you get to see how close they are how they fit together exactly and it's just really nice to see that and then you know because the guys have all gone to school together and they, they are the and they are the paragons which is the elite of their society right that they're going to be the next leaders of the world mm -hmm. of the supernatural world so they've always been thrown together. The four guys have always been thrown together. So they already have um, prejudice against each other, um, issues with each other, friendship among each other, and stuff like that. And so, but near the end of the book, something happens to where all four of them have to be with her at one time. Mm -hmm. And so, and you see them all come together, and there's no, dynamic. yeah, and it's no jealousy, no ugliness, no anything. They're all there to make sure she's well, mm -hmm. that she's taken care of. And then she reciprocates by making sure when each of the guys need her, she's, she's available for lack of a... Well, it's not even sexual. Just, it's just she's there. she's there for that person, you know? And so, but yeah. So, Miss Marianne, mm -hmm. why would, why are these guys... A book boyfriend. <sighs> Sorry, guys. You know, please, if we're if you have read this book, side note, if you have read this book, please leave a comment, email us, let us know what you thought. If you disagree with us, awesome. We definitely want to hear that because yeah. I'm um, a fan of, you know, we obviously shouldn't all agree. Like healthy discussion. Exactly. It's good. So we would definitely want to know why you're like, well, I really didn't yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, so thinking about why they're book boyfriends. Yes. I think part of it, one, who doesn't love a little bit of supernatural? Okay. Like that supernatural element. I'm with you. Um, two, who doesn't love hot guys? Right. And then three, just kind of their personalities. Well, yes, at the beginning, it's a little off-putting to see kind of how they react to her and how they treat her on my side. <laughs> um, I think they do re redeem themselves. Yeah. Um, and as a whole and even individually, they treat her well. 
I mean, that's later. really what it comes down to. It's like, you know, they are exactly what she needs and what woman or man doesn't want that in a relationship. Well, exactly. I like it. So to me, I group them as one. You know what I'm saying? So, like, Render is very controlled, yep. very... They all play on each other really well. Exactly. That perfect one Exactly. Boyfriend. That's kind of what you were saying earlier, Exactly. That perfect package. Exactly. Because Grit is very... He can be very jealous. Mm-hmm. He can be very protective. He goes above and beyond. Hyde is a comedian of the whole entire bunch. Anytime someone needs a laugh, there's Hyde. You know, and here's Quaid, who's very logical, very um, analytical, very, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so when you put all of those together with her, it just meshes really well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, yeah. So what do you think that makes them stand out? So I will say one thing that, like, I put in my notes. Um, You're right. The way the paranormal is presented in this book is very different. Oh, yeah. And I really like that because a lot of times most paranormal stories fall within the same kind of canon or accepted backstory, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, vampires, they always do this. Yes. Werewolves or shapeshifters, they always do this. Necromancers are always evil. Mm-hmm. Um, elementals are usually called like warlocks and lumped in with wizards. Yeah. Um, which I mean, that's not a bad thing by any means because I do love a good story like that. But I like how the authors take this and kind of give us a really different perspective. Yes. And so, because it's a different perspective, we get to see that kind of come through with the guys, mm-hmm. and that's really nice. Yeah. Um, it's just I have no other way to put it besides it's just really nice to kind of see that come through because I feel like so often it just gets really tired like I don't I'll be honest I don't read a ton of paranormal because I get really tired reading paranormal because they all are the same exactly they they're all, all up, the same they all end up sounding the same um because unless you're gonna go for like twilight with sparkling vampires <laughs> um okay wait time out must say we okay. both enjoy twilight. We, twilight we both like twilight but it's not say anything bad about sparkling vampires you have to kind of yeah, you know, make fun of that. Yeah. Um, but then it's like also another book that I really enjoy or series is the Southern Vampire Mysteries by Charlotte Harris. I don't know if you've ever read them. Um, based on her face, obviously you can't see it. I'm gonna say that she does not enjoy them, but I like them. But she looks like he's also you know from the south and everything. So like that's. Well, well okay. So I miss. We don't need to get on this tangent. We'll save it for when we're off air or whatever. <laughs> But, like, you know, that's also still very much in canon. There's minor differences. And so this one just really kind of took us away from where it's not, like, Anne Rice. That's kind of, like, I think the pinnacle, like, the vampire. Like, the way she characterized vampires is how most people write them. Well, I can totally say that. I mean, I actually have read... Interview with the Vampire and all that stuff. Yes. Um, You know, and, by the way, I do love Brad Pitt. In that movie. And even Tom Cruise did a really good... Brad Pitt and Kirsten Dunst actually did a really good movie. You know, that movie is amazing. But whatever. Anyway, we digress. (laughs) But, I mean, I totally understand what you're saying. Where, you know, once Interview came out... That was... That, you know, because... That was the marker. That's the pinnacle of if you're writing vampires. Exactly. This is what it has to be. Well, I mean, because before that was Dracula by Mm -hmm. Bram Stoker. (gasps) 
And so that was a completely different, different very different feel. Then and then when Anne Rice came out with interview and just opened up the whole entire world again mm-hmm. to how you can romanticize exactly. It's not just it's not just killing a, people. And yeah, it's not is, a gothic. Yeah, they're more sensual. They're like these tactile beings, mm-hmm. you know, and There's everyone. There's so much more that goes on exactly. besides just the old man that's trying. Exactly, to and live so. Forever. And so, you know, as you know, and I do read a lot of paranormal type-esque. Well, yeah. I mean, if you put it in front of me, I'll probably read it. <laughs> Let's be honest. So It's to, kind of the same for me, but right? paranormal I'm very choosy on. Yeah. So, as you know, one of my favorite paranormals is All the Pretty Monsters. Oh, that's... You know, I love it. We will one hundred percent be talking about that. Yes, entire series. Yes, on its own podcast, yes. I would actually venture to say that's probably going to be multiple episodes. Yes. <laughs> I actually got Marianne to read those, yes. and she was like, "Okay, I need more." Like, oh I my need fucking more. God, I can't believe I haven't read this episode. Right, um, and so, but which to me, all the pretty monsters is basically like this because it takes it's very those archetypes. Take. Yeah. It takes those archetypes of what we all know and know about shapeshifters, necromancers, vampires, vampires witches, that all that kind of stuff, and completely changes yeah, it. It gives you a different perspective, and I think right? it's not necessarily a better perspective, but a different one. But it, it's different in such a good way that it's like it's refreshed it exactly. And that's how I feel about this. Like it's refreshed that lore just enough that I'm kind of like. Like, I really like this. Yeah. Because it's such a different take that I can read it and I'm not thinking, oh my God, this is like every other right. paranormal that has right. shapeshifters yeah. or that has vampires or whatever. And it's just, it's really enjoyable for that reason. I hear you. So, then what do you think that the guys do different to help Debbie? You know what I mean? I mean, besides letting her feet on them. Well, besides that. It's very Besides symbiotic that. relationship, which actually I guess is kind of different. <gasps> Venom. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> this is us, by the way. We <laughs> just kind of go off on tangents. Yeah. And you'll have to learn to deal with it. Uh. So yeah. So now that I've kind of gone off on a tangent about what I liked about the paranormal aspects, let's talk a little bit about what we didn't like. Um, and I'll go first since go for I'm like super short. There really wasn't anything in the book that I didn't like. Like I really enjoyed like just the overall storyline. So there's nothing that I can be like, oh, I, I really didn't like that. It really annoyed me or anything. So drum roll on to Missy's. What do you think? Unfortunately, I do have issues with the book. Um, I think the authors did an amazing job of giving us something different. With the whole paranormal aspect of it and the RH, right? Um, my biggest issue with the whole entire book was not the writing, not the plot or anything like that. I was just tired of Debbie with her mommy issues. I mean, seriously, I was just sick of reading about her and her mommy issues about how throughout the whole entire book, all she wanted was to get that approval from her mom. Which she never got. Which, well, no, she didn't ever get it. Well, actually, that's not true. When they found out that she could actually give powers or reverse Mm -hmm. power, 
like transfer powers. And then they had that dinner party where they want all the elders in the community wanted her to give the Paragon powers to them. Yeah. And so her mom was going to get her powers back from Quaid, right? Because she was supposed to be an elder. Yeah. But once her powers were gone, she actually. No longer, yeah. Yeah. And she actually trained Quaid with his powers, you know. So that was my biggest issue with the whole entire book. I'm like, dude. Pull up your big girl panties and just move on with your life. But that's even in life, though. I mean, yeah. you know how I am with people who are like, oh, I can't deal with life because of my childhood. Well, you know what? If you're going to sit there and be a victim, keep on keeping on. You're going to keep on being a victim, you know, until you actually take care of yourself. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be that victim. And that. But, you know, that annoys me yeah. in life anyway, right? So, of course, it's going to annoy me in a book. Of course, yeah. You know? 100%. I mean, so, yeah. So, but would you recommend this book? I would for kind of what we've already stated about being a really good reverse harem introduction. It's a standalone. You don't have to really learn a ton about the world or wait for a second, third, fourth, fifth book even. Um, it's by itself. It's a nice bite. I guess, to kind of introduce you to, like, that dynamic. And it's not so in your face. Like, I think you put this in your notes about, like, Sam Stunich. Right. Where, like, she writes phenomenal reverse harems. 100% but agree. But they're so intricate and right. so involved. The only one I would say maybe that wasn't as involved would maybe be Adamson. And even that one still has that murder mystery subplot. Well, yeah, but I mean... But, I mean, compared to her other ones, that one or the Rock Hard Beautiful, those two would be the easiest to start with, I think. Yeah. Um, Simply because they're also short. Yeah. Her other series are usually about five books, give right. or take. Right. Um, whereas Adamson is three and Groupie is three, though I think she's doing a fourth, but that's a different discussion for a different day. Well, I mean, even with Adamson, she's going to be doing orientation, yeah, which puts you with Burberry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um. So, like, compared to that, where, like, Stunich writes, you know, these super lush books where you just you're really immersed into the world because of how she presents it and all of that stuff um if you do the comparison this is a very light it's no less lush i don't think it's just because it is a single book they have to move things along a bit quicker yeah um and that's a good way to start reverse harem because i wouldn't want you to start reading a series that's three books or more and you finish the first book and you're like well that was shit like i really don't enjoy it because that's really i think what we find with readers that haven't read Reverse Harem or that don't like Reverse Harem. Right. Is I'm thinking they probably didn't start with a, a really good choice. They right. chose one maybe that people suggested that was either part of a series or I'm going to be frank, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but not well written. There are quite a few Reverse Harem oh, yeah. read that like plot line wise, I enjoyed it because it was a very light read, but as far as execution was not done very well. And I know yeah, here talking about. Well, yeah. So it's like, you know, I enjoy like pretty much I can read just about anything. Yeah. We don't want to piss anybody off. So we're um, keeping the author to ourselves. But when it comes down to it, like I want to see that you are able to kind of really give me a plot line that's interesting, but also able to write it in such a way that it's interesting because there's nothing worse than you start a book that just sounds super promising and it doesn't live up to it. Right. But I do think Void. 
Excuse right. me, sorry, I just take up the had too much champagne apparently. Um, but I think Void lives up to it. That's what I was trying to say. Right. Um, it just it's a really nice bike into the world, and it's enough that right. I would actually love to see some type of follow up, even where like maybe there's a different big bad yeah. or kind of that what comes next type thing. Because I think that would be a really interesting thing to look at a few years down the line. Yeah. See, and I agree with that. You know, I think this is a very good step into the RH world. Right, um, a very easy read, a very, it's not a heavy heavy read whatsoever, it's very easy to read, easy to follow, the characters are, you get to be engaged with the characters, you know, whether it's supernatural or not, the characters are very well written, Mm -hmm. um, the story is very cool, and like we said prior, that it puts a totally different aspect on the whole um, same mundane what everyone does with the same paranormal characters. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of cool to see that, right? Um, I think this is a good book to put your toe in. Yeah, to, to start. To the appetite. Yeah. Bit, to see if you have a taste. Right. I mean, unfortunately for me, I've been reading RHs for some time. I think my first one was in 2018 when I messaged you. The whole story we told in our introduction. Yeah. I messaged her because I read Boys of Burberry Prep. That was the first, first RH I had ever yeah. read. And I started reading it before I realized that the fourth book wasn't out, which when I read it, it was like a week before I think I had to wait for that fourth right. book. And I was just like, oh my God. Why right. I waited so long to read right. this. And seeing my first one was Bianca Summerland back in. The Dartman series, the one, the the hockey series. Oh no! You so you yeah no you one hundred percent recommended that. Yeah, I started it. Yeah, and see, and I've actually read those when they first come out back in twenty. It was like the early two thousands. Yeah, you know, early to mid two thousands, and so I'm just so I've been reading RHs for a a while before they were mainstream. Yeah, before they were mainstream. Before they were cool. Yeah, you know. So, but yeah, most definitely. I would totally recommend this um, book. I've actually recommended it to my mom. And my mom is more into the historical, the Harlequins, you know, the original aspect of romance novels, you know. Um, And so, and she's probably out there listening today. Hi, mom. Hi, mom, because I'm pretty sure mine's also listening. And so, but yeah. Okay, so let's talk about our rating then for the book Boyfriend. With you. Boyfriends. Yeah, and especially this for this one. Case, uh-huh. Since we have um, a reverse harem. We have four guys, so we got to rate them all as one. But okay. we can rate them as so individuals. What, what do you, what's your overall rating then? So my overall rating um, for these guys, I give them a five. And the reason why I give them a five is because when Debbie needs them, Right after mm-hmm. the big bad goes down at the council meeting, when the old council wants to become him, yeah, refresh themselves with all the younger guys' powers, you know. And Debbie does everything she can to stop it, mm-hmm. and then she completely blacks out because her powers get overwhelmed, you know, from trying to stop everything. And the guys basically hide her away for months with no contact with her, right? Mm-hmm. 
to make sure that they put in place that she's not the bad guy that everyone thinks she is, that she's actually a misunderstood paragon of the whole community to help balance everybody out. So when you take each of the guys together, to me, they're a five, you know, because they're there to support her. They're there to help the community, you know, and stuff like that. What do you think? I would agree pretty much five, maybe a six. And that's simply because for me, like I sit here and look at their names and there is nothing that I look at their name and think "Mm, they're like super Right. Awesome with that. And so it's like, for me, they're kind of middle of the road because they're not a terrible book boyfriend. Otherwise right. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about them. Right. Let's be real. Right. Um, but there's nothing that really just makes them super stand out in my mind. Exactly. And like, I don't mean that in a bad way. They're just. Average. I will say, though, I do like their names. No, I, I do enjoy. I do like their names. Like, render. I don't say, like, non-normal names, but I do enjoy names that are a bit more off-putting. Right. I mean, I do like the name Render. Mm-hmm. I do. I mean, it's just a cool name. You know what I'm saying? And then even Grit, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. I'm not saying to name your kid like... Something um, super weird out there, but... Which a lot of people do, and if you do, that's cool. But it's like with regular names where you get so tired of hearing, like, the names that show up over and over again. Like, growing up for me, it was kind of like, you know, Jessica and Ashley were two super popular names. Sarah was another one. And not saying anything about people that are named Jessica, Ashley, Mm-mm. or Sarah. We're just saying, like, you know, you get in the classroom, there's three others or whatever. Right, right, and so right. it's really kind of nice to see something where it's, like, you get a little bit of a different name and the likelihood of there being that overlap with another book. Right. Really. Right. Really low. Because right. Because I think you would have to make a point. Exactly. To have that same name. Oh, yeah. But no. So, two thumbs up. I mean, we're cool. So, there you go. Okay. What's on the agenda for next week? So, next week. Oh, it's not next week. In well, two weeks. Two weeks. Our next episode. Next episode. I knew what we meant. Anyway, I'm super excited about this one because the book that we've picked is <laughs> a favorite. We can hear that people laugh. It's a favorite of mine. I think yours. I is. Um, did I recommend this book to you? I think I did. I think you did too. Because actually. I don't think you, I mean. I think you said, because I read another book by this author, which I know we haven't said who it is. You'll, you'll, yeah, you'll be fine. It was fine. But like, I'd read something else by her and I was like, really enjoy this and you're like you should totally read this book and then I did and I was like why have I yeah. not read this yeah. already because yeah. it's so great so okay it's Lingus by Mariana Zapata and <laughs> I'm not gonna do a lot of talking about anything about it just know that it is slow burn <laughs> but it's a fabulous slow burn which is what Mariana Zapata is known for right and it's hilarious yeah I mean so funny if you need something to laugh out loud this is it this is that book you need to get, most so definitely. We I are mean, both yeah. really excited to talk about this book because it's a favorite for both of us. Exactly. Um, and we can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. So, now that we are done, we 100% want to hear from you. So, if you've listened to this episode or any of our other ones and you were just like, y'all are weird, you're who, we love you, whatever it is, we want to hear from you. And yep. our email address is probably the best way to get up with us. And our yes. email is bookboozefriends at gmail.com. Spelled the same way our podcast name is spelled. Um, and we will 100% get back to you because we'd love to hear from people. But, yeah, most definitely. Please let us know what we need to improve on, what we need to quit doing. Or if you have suggestions because we are currently talking about, you know, what's coming after all these episodes. Yeah. What do we 
want to read what we want to drink because yes, we've had a lot of beer. I feel like yeah, we have beer. Yeah, we have beer. So you know, if you have suggestions, we definitely want to hear those too. And we're yeah. just super excited to hear from you. Yeah, and to have you along on this journey with us. Yep. I mean, so, we love talking about books. We love talking about book boyfriends. We, we love talking talk to about, each other. Oh, yeah, most definitely. We love talking about books. <laughs> too much time so. probably talking to each yeah. other, but it's fine. It's cool. Um, so, yeah, there we go. So, thank you so much again. And we will see you in two weeks when exactly. we talk about Aeneas. Yes. Laters. <laughs>